Hello, and welcome to Enough Liquor, a podcast where we keep the lid off the paint thinner as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 126th episode in the series, All Bets Are Off. The, uh, the lid off the paint thinner is great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Especially since we're talking about addiction in this episode, you're just like, oh, we're just like referencing like a quick reference to Rose huffing too much paint. <laughs> the one who used to have a drug problem, by the way. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> This is like rounding out the long time hidden addiction storyline. You know, it's uh, it's great. Like Dorothy already went back, you know, took up smoking again and then burned down a restaurant. <laughs> so right. obviously we should revisit um, her long time hidden gambling addiction that her two roommates do not know about. Right. And interesting that both she and Sal, um, different problems, I guess. But yeah. They ended up destroying the pizza and conditioning. It's not meant to be. It's exactly, <laughs> clear to exactly. Me. Well, um, yeah, I think you had done a little research on gambling addiction. So let's talk about that right out the gate. I speaking, have. You know, speaking of like the, you know, this genetic <laughs> predisposition to addiction. So um, I want to also just say like, I dabble in gambling or like a, I like the sports bet although I spent I bet on women's basketball which I feel like no one else is using that app for um and you know <laughs> so does I, that uh, mean the odds are good <laughs> no it doesn't matter but I'm just saying like <laughs> everybody should watch women's basketball playing against the house yeah um and you know I uh, a guilty pleasure of mine is that I do like casinos which I can't help I'm from New Jersey but um you're from so south I just, jersey let's clarify. exactly let's clarify that's why you can't help it <laughs> exactly yeah it's in my blood um but you know i think that it is if you've ever been to a casino or like i don't know even like a, if you're competitive i think it's easy to see like how it can get out of hand um yeah. I, obviously like it's different when it's on the scale so basically um this is all from a couple different websites. So addictions.com, obviously extremely <laughs> scientifically accurate, um, but basically, yeah. So over 80% of Americans of uh, American adults gamble on a yearly basis. Um, and the estimates are basically like three to five out of every hundred gamblers has a problem. Um, and over 70% of people who like have a gambling problem end up essentially relapsing. Um, and most people don't get treatment at all. They basically just like stop cold turkey, um, or they don't until they're like, you know, totally ruined. Um, but I thought that 70% returning was really interesting. Cause I do feel like, you know, like hard drugs or something like that. I feel like you have to kind of, you're certainly in the social circles to be able to access them. Um, but gambling, like at this point, especially like it's on your phone, like there's no effort at all. You don't oh, even have to leave absolutely your Absolutely no effort. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So it's super easy to see how somebody would relapse. And particularly like, you know, Dorothy, I think, you know, again, it's at 20 minutes to come, like they have to do it all. But like she does, it is kind of happenstance that she finds herself in a position of being asked to go to the track. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, you know, that speaks to like if, Blanche and uh, Rose knew they never would have presented it to her. Um, oh yeah, and I but just about that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, but um, you know, just super easy to see like how that one sort of um, you know crumb kind of leads to a whole bigger like she totally re-enters from just going to the track yeah. one time. 
Exactly. And I think that that's, you know, I mean, for some people realistic for others, not right. Like addiction takes all sorts of forms, but what I do enjoy about the whole like scene where, you know, she gets, she gets going to the track after protesting a few times because Blanche and, and Rose are asking her to do so. And, but they don't know the hidden information. Right. So I think that that's part of the issue of recovery is that you need to actually be your own advocate. You have to make sure that other people like around you know to not put you in those positions or like make you have this response. So for me, it's like Dorothy should have been like, hey, I never told you guys this, but <laughs> you know, I mean like that would have really, they would have been like, oh, of course I understand as opposed to like, just stop being a fuddy-duddy, you know, like or whatever it is. Like, um, yeah, it's it's kind of like, you know, they're they're begging an alcoholic to take a shot. You know, like it's, yeah. it's, really, it's not a great situation, but again, they don't have all the information. So obviously it just feels like a regular, like, why won't you just do this for me? Yeah, totally. And I think that, um, I think that probably comes from being a little more like socially conscious or like just the context that we have now. But I think when I was younger, I was big, I was a big pressured drinker. Like if we were out and not, you oh, know, obviously, oh, interesting. Yeah. I knew if I knew somebody had like didn't drink or something I wasn't I wasn't in that way but and like under normal circumstances I think I was like come on you know whatever and then I don't know I just sort of realized like maybe don't do that um (laughs) maybe and I well that's I think uh I think to your point of like if you knew someone wasn't drinking then you wouldn't do it but if you knew someone did drink sometimes or was currently drinking you would do it and I think that that's the black and white thinking that often comes about addiction where it's, right. like, it's all or nothing. And you're like, no, you also could just be like, I'm trying to taper or I'm just trying not to destroy myself tonight or whatever it is. Right. And it's like, that's what I was, the point I was making about like some people could be like Dorothy and like one slip means they get back in and some people can handle it. Right. They can just like dabble here and there, maybe just go to the track and not make a bet and let Rose draw a horse. <laughs> but, but like, that's not the case for a lot of people. So you don't want to like, you don't want to assume. Right, which is totally also like not the, um, this brings up a really good point about AA, which is, or, you know, like the the philosophy of, of a lot of addiction treatment programs is like all or nothing. And you're totally uh-huh. right. Like some people, even with alcohol, I think that can like, can either have a drink or like, you know, just not drink to excess. Or I feel like there's also this movement um, of like California sober people where like, yeah. you don't not to have, you can't, you can have some substances, but maybe just one thing affects you in a way that you don't like. Um, and I think that that is just like evolutionary of the sort of science and art of treating addiction. Um, but it's really interesting to see like the portrayal of it on a sitcom, both in this and I think the Rose episode is like, bam, it's out of control, um, right, which I think right, is right. like the picture that we have. And I think is really the only way you can show it in a sitcom, but um, yeah. I do think it's interesting. And, and honestly, like, I think we talk a lot about all of the things that like haven't moved in a positive way since the show aired. Um, so I think this is one example that actually has progressed in a, in a way that's like good and appropriate. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But again, like, I mean, with no, you know, no depictions of this type of issue at all on television at this time, (laughs) this Mm. is a really good, you know, this is, having this come out and also I think that they you know they deliberately chose the I guess it's similar to to Rose's addiction but they deliberately chose this whole like this is a long-standing thing right um and like with Rose's she was just taking it 
right yeah <laughs> and might be a little more unrealistic that she turns it around after you know 30 something years but um with this one it is it is a little different spin in that she comes back to something that had been long dormant right but it's like it makes the point about how recovery is a daily process for the rest of your life like that's just how it is so it's really interesting yeah yeah the one day at a time you know that's like yeah they do a good job of, of working that in yeah, exactly. I think they do a great job. Um, so, but yeah, it's, you know, it, it's a, I think it's for, again, for the 22 minutes that they have to work with, it's actually really good. Yeah, totally. All right. So what else? Uh, I, should we pick up from the top with the horse? Yeah. Old brisker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's just like rose painting is it's just amazing. I think it's a great little tactic to have, you know, just to like, be part of the weird B plot here. <laughs> yeah, I love her painting it's outfits. It's perfect. I know, I know. They're great. They're excellent. Um, you know, I wonder if she chooses them before or after she huffs the paint. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either way, it's great. Um, yeah, speaking of outfits, also Dorothy's outfit in the very beginning is very like, I'm reading a book right now about King Henry VIII's wives, and I feel like I'm exactly picturing like King Henry dressed in this way. So it's very yeah, like, exactly, uh, you know, exactly. British royal. Um, totally. yeah, I like that rose painting. I feel like it makes sense. I think it's also like, it's kind of cool that their museum has a section for local artists. I, I think know. that's really I actually cool. thought that too. I was like, that's actually great. Yeah. Yeah. A little Miami museum. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I like, I like the way it's set up. It's set up really, I think it's a really good job. And it's like the plot really builds you know like rose is painting a horse so she has to go to the track and then like blanche wants to go of course because like she loves men at the track and like she can't she has to work like i think it's like really well it's built really really well incidentally um lecherous is a a word that we really need to bring back (laughs) yeah that's a vocab (laughs) word for sure i know it's pretty great um, but going back to the, you know, the museum and, and the, the new curator, Donald Park or Everett, um, I love <laughs> that, like, the Blanche's compliment is, like, how sexy and virile he is, which is so funny because it's, like, you would never say virile about a man under a certain age, right? Like, it's, like, that's the the older person compliment. <laughs> like he's still got it kind of thing yes had the track coach really, too. <laughs> yeah exactly it's just really fascinating like the way that that's played you know um but anyway it's great he's great i think he's a, he's a good character and you know he's like very um like just the way he you know he's very kind to rose and like in in an earnest way right like and it's actually pretty good her painting so there you go yeah and he also like you know he doesn't want to get involved with someone he works with in that way like Donald's oh, yeah. great. He's good. <laughs> Absolutely. He's the fucking curator, man. Like Lanch works three days a week, half time or some shit. Like it's not, yeah. you know, he's, she's definitely, uh, you know, like working for him. So that's just like not cool. So I think that makes total sense. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so following the storyline, let's, you know, let's finish up the, the Blanche part. It's like, I love the like playing hard to get like Blanche is getting dating advice from a skunk in Rose's painting. A possum, <laughs> right? Oh, possum, possum. I thought it was a skunk. Um, that's right. A possum. Men find it very attractive. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. I guess, I guess I was confused by the shoot. She's released as a scent. That's right. Yeah, that's fair. Um, oh my God. It's hysterical. But like, what a wacky 
turnaround, right? Of like Blanche getting advice from not only Rose, but like a, a possum. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, follow, she's like even like modeling it after. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. Um, but uh, I also do love the like, put your clothes back on. Well, no one said that to me ever. Well, without shining a light flashlight in my face. So good. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> But, um, you know, we've seen, we've seen like the similar storylines before of like, you know, especially with Ham, Lushbaum, uh, like where it's like, you know, maybe some top, some other time, Blanche, <laughs> like they get these like pat lines <laughs> that reject her. Um, and, you know, when she's like dating nice guy, Jerry, all that kind of stuff. Like there, there's definitely these vibes of like Blanche just being like, here I am, let's have sex. <laughs> and these guys for one reason or another, turning her down right and she's like totally miffed about it which is funny because it's like the playing hard to get thing is like I don't know that's like something that Blanche knows through and through so I guess that's why I also was like rejecting the possum advice because I was like Blanche knows this already it's just really interesting where it's like with certain men it like totally throws her for a loop and she I guess because she focuses so much on the rejection that she forgets that she's not playing her own game Right. Yeah. That, no, that totally makes sense. And I think also like. But like, she, yeah, because my reaction was just like, let you know this shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she like, you know, I, I guess maybe it's a, a, a situation where she's like misreading signals um, because like it, it, I mean, it's when Rose is like, I was wondering if maybe you were too forward. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I know so after funny. I had removed all of my clothes, which like, yeah. was Perhaps. never discussed. Exactly. Um, although they did go to his house, which I'm like, Donald, come on. What do you think is going to happen there? Um, exactly. That's a signal for Christ's sake. Uh, I love the line about the waiter chip. I <laughs> think that's really funny. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> <For some reason. laughs> uh, where were you? Also that it felt appropriate to order everything in French. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah it's I mean it's it's a good it's a good storyline like you said Donaldson he's an upstanding guy I appreciate it she rolls with the punches after she learns the truth you know (laughs) and it nicely ties in to everything else that's going on like he's a good connector exactly I think so it's perfect um okay so (laughs) oh actually hang on (laughs) I do want to talk about towards the very end of you know when um Sophia's like we're talking about Blanche being old or whatever and then Sophia's like <laughs> oh oh forgive me I'm supposed to support your vain narcissistic fantasy that you're still in your 40s and then Blanche <laughs> says it's either that or a big rent raise and I love it because I love this line because it's it's a joke that has been perpetuated all through all the entire five seasons right we are at the very end of the fifth season and it's never been explicitly called out as clearly as this right <laughs> you know? totally I think that's what I love about this line, the writing line, because it's like, they are so far along now that they can play with this for especially people who've been watching this entire time. And Sophia just like calls it right out. And then Blanche acknowledges it. That's the even funnier part. It's not even like she feigns like, what are you talking about? She's like, no, 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 like play along. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I love it. And I even love when Rose comes in and Blanche is like, Sophia's old and I'm I feel with anxiety. It's so yeah, exactly. good. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but it's also funny too i love the um 
and they plugged in the big rent raise, right? Because we're, you know, we, we're caught every now and again, it surfaces and we're reminded that these other three women are only tenants of Blanche, right? Like, it's like, it's so easy to forget based on their, their family structure, et cetera. But you're just like, oh, right. You are the landlord. <laughs> right totally the power dynamic is off (laughs) exactly which we've discussed before and we will obviously discuss again once we uh you know uh have our our hot tub situation but um that's for the future but anyway that that might be my favorite bit in this entire like the funniest bit in this entire episode because one i love the sophia blanche stinging barbs right because like Dorothy can always be sarcastic, but she's sarcastic, like kind of to everybody. That's just her personality. And yeah, like, you know, Sophia quips and things like that, but Blanche quips back. So it's like the the two of them, when they get together way more than Rose, because Rose can't be mean mostly. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it really like intense. And because Blanche doesn't have the daughter relationship with Sophia, it's like, it's so fucking funny. Right. You know, where it's like, um, it just at any time they have the you know the interactions like with the Fidel episode or you know where's my money old woman you know like that that kind <laughs> of stuff it's like it's perfect so that just sassy response either that or a big rent raise it just kills me it's great yeah it's great and I love um I love them together actually too because I think you're right yeah. I think it's also like they both have I wouldn't say like questionable morals, but like if anyone's <laughs> going to go in with Sophia on a money-making scheme, like it's Blanche, you know? And if, like, if and Rose like does knowingly, too, I guess. Knowingly right. bending the rules. Yeah, yeah totally. Because Rose thinks it's a legitimate business, like the big and lettuce and potato, you know? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so they're kind of peers in a way that also like, I also kind of feel like Sophia is, grew up so different from Blanche. Um as did all of them but like there's I don't know it's an interesting dynamic the two of them I I I agree I like it a lot and Rose comes in and it's very like seamless but it does sort of change like it sort of changes the conversation a little bit because she is so like gentle and nice yeah um right yeah lifts the vibe in the room yeah a little sunshine (laughs) a little sunshine um okay can we talk about Sal yeah, I'd love to talk about uh, Sal. <laughs> <laughs> because the line that stood out the most to me in this that made me like laugh out loud was Pop did not have a problem. And it's like, okay. <laughs> we, my friend. <laughs> yeah. My friend. Yeah. <laughs> my brother in Christ. You yeah. learned about how he lost the entire business. And not only that, but like created a rift with like the like best friends that lasted decades. <laughs> that's a pretty bad problem <laughs> also like didn't he leave her in the, the hospital to go gamble i lost like, it on a horse yeah I, so yeah, many exactly. things he got a tip it was no, supposed yeah. to be a sure thing um totally yeah like it's like <laughs> yeah that's very true like where it's like okay um the signs of like having an addiction problem right it's like pulling you away from family and loved ones like losing money and business income <laughs> like just like making it impossible to live it's like check 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 yeah it couldn't be any clearer that he did in fact have a problem um it's it's kind of bizarre though because I am like okay I well actually I kind of feel like it's Dorothy reflecting her own situation really um and like but I guess what's what I find interesting is like she has acknowledged in the past at least that she did have a gambling problem and even here like she says to Sophia who reacts immediately when she found out that 
Dorothy went to the track, which I also think is actually really good writing because, mm-hmm. like, yes, that is great. You yeah. wouldn't be able to contain it, I, I imagine, mm-hmm. in that position. Um, and like Dorothy, I don't know. I feel like, particularly if you've addressed it or um, you know have kind of come to terms with the fact that you did at one point have a small gambling problem, to use her words, like it feels like you small would easily. Problem. She was going to lose her house, according to Sophie. <laughs> Right, loan sharks. I got a lot of questions. I but know. Like, right? How do you not see that? That's Kill where it comes from. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of policy do you have? <laughs> so good. Anyway, uh, sorry. Um, no, but like you know, I just I I think that um, it's got to just be like denial or like sort of uh, something subconscious to 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 say that he doesn't have a problem because like she must know intellectually that he did. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's part of, like, it seems to me because she's so minimalizing of, like, you know, her minimizing her own issue, a small gambling problem. I almost lost my house. No big deal. Um, <laughs> Where the hell is the rating for? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So it's like, I, it must be like, a, oh, well, if, you know, I get this from my dad and his problem wasn't so bad and neither is mine. Okay, good. You know, like, it, uh, to me, it seems like a psychological thing of just like defensively protecting yourself uh, to deny that your father had a big problem. <laughs> so I get it. You know, I like, I get it within the, the storyline, but I just had to be like, come on. <laughs> yeah, totally. I totally agree. <laughs> so great. So great. Um but so anyway, the, you know, um, <laughs> the psychology that Rose uses is really great. Like I actually, I love that Rose is sort of the savior here and that she, again, like almost in the same way that like that Sophia line about Blanche's age, just like puts it all out there. Rose in this, in that scene where she's basically tricking Dorothy into taking advantage of her, um, and, and using sort of the reverse psychology of it all, she mm-hmm. is playing off of the fact that she knows Dorothy thinks she's naive, right? Like there's, there is like a certain meta-ness to her character. Like the only way her gambit works is if she thinks that Dorothy thinks she'll just trust her completely, even with all the major signals and conversation in the house about her being gambling addicted. You know what I mean? It's like, right. it's actually kind of insulting like Rose is putting herself in a position of being highly insulted that her friend would think that she's that dumb. You know what I mean? But like, she's actually fine and she's being really smart and it all turns out for the best because she's like, you know, she forces Dorothy's hand. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, totally has to have her, her own sort of like, I don't know. You have, you have to, she has to like sort of roll with the punches of like her <laughs> reputation, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And it feels like she's using like her, professional training a little bit you know because it's like finally rose jesus yeah it's a suicide hotline <laughs> but you can convert gambling addicts <laughs> exactly yeah and like it is i think it's really great and it really reminds me of um just like i i it brought me back to the scene in um 72 hours that we talked about where dorothy and rose are on the little eye and they're having this like real sort of moment of that I think puts the light on their friendship. It's just like yes, about them being absolutely. like deeply connected. And I think this is similar because like Rose knows Dorothy enough to know how she'll respond. Um, and like, it's a risk because, you know, if Dorothy was so far gone that she was like, all right, yeah, thanks, I'll take it. Um, but Dorothy's still Dorothy, I guess, right? So it's like Rose sort of banking on the fact that like, 
Dorothy's character will come out. Um, Especially when Rose is as like vulnerable and nice and like caring as she is, you know, I think, I think it's a really, really smart tactic. Um, And it's so well acted. Like it's, and I love, I don't know. I just, I think it's like such a raw emotional scene. Um, And as like, I, I think we've, brought up a couple times like it's punctuated perfectly by the pin number conversation I think yes when you know it's like I have trouble guessing it too it's like totally it's still funny like they do such a good job at that type of um like interjection and like putting funny bits as like a hard stop in an emotional scene um I think that's a great example of that it is a great example and it totally tells on Rose's reputation being correct that she is kind of a dope yeah (laughs) it's like it kind of brings a full circle and you're like oh rose is like super serious in the savior here and then it's like ah but she's still kind of an idiot (laughs) yeah (laughs) in a sweet way you know it's great totally oh man it's very funny um the other the other line you know that i i love which uh sophia is like i spent the best years of my life trying to give you a sense of moral responsibility ma what were you doing in my purse stealing absolutely perfect um the sponge off your kids conversation thing is great too and it's just oh my god it's just really funny of like it it, and Sophia in that conversation sort of like also perfectly embodies this like I don't know the um like a uh what is the word like when you are you just why am I blanking right here Where are you going? Maybe I can help you. I don't know. I'm trying to say like to, you know, like a a double-edged sword, like you are do as I say, not as I do kind of person. Ah, yeah. Double standard, double standard. There There we go. Ding, ding, ding. Get this woman a lifetime supply of soup. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, really? I need another cup of coffee. But but, uh, no, so the double standard of like George's, like the criticism that Dorothy constantly like um, gets from her mother about everything, right? In this particular case, (laughs) stealing. (laughs) But when she starts talking about sponging off your kids, where she's like constantly criticizing her for only being like a substitute teacher, right? But it's like, like Sophia is like, oh, I just ended up living with you. <laughs> I have an allowance for my daughter, right? It's like, she's supposed to be like, what, you know, setting you up for the future. And I get it. Cause it's like, you want a better life for your kids and you had yada, yada, yada. But it is also really funny because like, is the gambling thing and the whole conversation about she almost lost her house and loan sharks. Is this supposed to be some sort of like an explanation of why she's only been like a substitute teacher, you know, like Ooh, maybe like a full-time job or something. Like, I don't know. It's just really interesting. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of question marks there, but she didn't just go thought, to the interview. That was crazy. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, That's what I'm saying. So like, yeah like did this happen back in the day right and that's all you could get you have a possibility of a tenured position and you just just threw it away I don't know I don't know I mean it seems like it was pretty bad loan sharks and losing your house and whatever exactly no just a small gambling problem yeah life insurance (laughs) once again um I also wanted to bring up oiling his baseball glove (laughs) oh my god amazing and like I have to, I always go back to our conversation with uh, TJ West because he talks a lot about and like Phil, Phil being yeah. the queerest character, like, or, you know, is Phil the queerest character on the Golden yes. Girls. And like, again, Phil's presentation of gender and his hobbies and his like, I don't know, like all of it is so queer. And, and like canonically, I feel like they didn't, the, at the time, this word I think was a little 
different than it is now. I think people, queer was a little bit more derogatory. Um, And so it was like, you were gay or you were not, and he's not gay because he has a a heterosexual partner, Um, but he's most certainly queer. And I think that this is another, like just another great instance of that. Um, And I think it's really funny. (laughs) She's like, you know, it's like, oh, a teenage boy in the bathroom. What could they be doing? (laughs) Working on a simplicity pattern. Totally, which is so funny. I didn't actually realize that that was a... um that's a proper noun. Like that's like a Kleenex thing. Like, so it's like a sewing pattern, but the, the simplicity pattern company was, ah, was. So, very, like, yeah. uh, so that everybody calls it like a simplicity pattern. So funny, but oh my God. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Love it so much. <laughs> but it is. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, the, there's, we should have a whole special episode about Phil because it's like, which basically our TJ West episode was, but um, yeah, just the, the, the tacit acceptance of everything that he says, even though it's like wildly out of the quote unquote, you know, conservative norm of the day, <laughs> it's like really interesting, but totally. anyway, anyway, um, <laughs> I don't know what else you have. I just have two more comments about hilarious lines of where they encourage Rose to get to the end of the story and she just goes <laughs> splat. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's work. really perfect. Like there's so many iterations that they play on a St. Olaf story, which is incredible. You know, we'll see another one in, in, in a few episodes, but it's hilarious. Um, and then I need to just talk about Slung Magazine. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh my God. I mean, woo, you just like, are you getting red in the face right there? Like, come on. <laughs> Did you, is it real? I, I was on my work computer, so I didn't want to look it up. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> I don't think so, but let's, uh, let's see what happens. Nope. The only Slung Magazine references are um, Golden Girls quotes. <laughs> wow. Good for them. It should have been real. <laughs> oh my god seriously um i mean it's like i really you hope that like the cast and crew made like an actual prop uh just like they did for the men of blanche's boudoir (laughs) yeah totally (laughs) anyway that's that's all i've got for this one what about you um just a couple other things so like saint olaf's most religious painting the last pancake (laughs) breakfast um i love the whole fall of saint olaf bit i think that's really oh that one's great yeah it hasn't happened yet Um, oh and I you know what I did I looked up the wiki for grandma Moses because I know her like I've heard her talked about and things um but grandma Moses and the Moses (laughs) exactly right it's (laughs) um so grandma Moses was a painter uh and she lived from 1860 to 1961 um and her name was Anna Mary Robertson Moses and she was a basically like a folk painter. Um, and a lot of her work is on greeting cards. Uh, it's in museums. I think if you Googled it, you would, you would recognize the style. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. And honestly, like when I like Googled imaged her, her work, I was like, yeah, I could see Rose's paintings being like this. And like, it, it totally checks out. Well, and the pastoral scenes and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, what's interesting is like, didn't, didn't grandma Moses only start painting when she was like 70 or something uh, yeah, crazy? Yeah, like that's why she sort of old. stood out. Yeah, totally. Like, um, I mean, that's insane. That's amazing. Like I'm just being like, yeah, I'm just going to roll into this. And then, oh my God, it's so something funny. to look forward to for myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then there's one other thing I wanted to mention. Oh, just Ma's mouth. I think that's great writing. <laughs> and it's, it feels like very... <laughs> real horse name too absolutely horse names are ridiculous so that's Insane. actually perfect yeah mouse mouth is great 
nice little nice little homage there <laughs> that's all i got oh man but yeah this one you know it's it's um this is one that like you know i feel like it's sort of a middling episode for me but it's like it was a it was a delightful romp to get back yeah. to it again particularly because there are so many great lines and particularly because of the scene where rose sort of steps outside of herself and then mocks herself while trying to save a friend <laughs> it's like so perfectly rose and not rose at the same time yeah totally i agree this is an occupy like a whole like i don't think of this episode often um yeah. but there's a lot of great lines and and yeah I, I i enjoyed it yeah they did a good job all right well join us next time we're going to discuss what our gripe is with president george hw bush anyway <laughs> take care everybody <laughs>